stop the signal. Hey guys, welcome to uh, another irregularly scheduled episode of The Signal. Uh, I think our my last Signal episode uh, it had Phil on to talk about Davos and uh, kind of some macroeconomic stuff, political stuff, and I brought Phil back on to talk about some Bitcoin stuff that's also going to kind of be nudging elbows with that same topic, I think. So, uh, Phil, thanks for coming on again. And uh, do you want to do you want to intro exactly what it is you you are going to be talking about today? Yeah. What's going on, people? Happy Juneteenth, everybody. So I'm going to be covering today the whole SEC debacle. Gary Gensler just kind of come coming out. Guns is slinging, going after specifically Binance and Coinbase and Essentially, long story short, TODR undermining uh, whatever's left of America's democracy and really just trying to sue these companies, leave a legacy or whatever, before this legislation, this comprehensive legislation uh, can get passed. It's a bipartisan bill. I don't, it doesn't have an official name, but it's uh, Patrick can I, and McKen- Phil, yeah, go Phil, ahead. can I give a little bit of, before we dive, like really, really dive in here, uh, can I give a little bit of background? Yeah, sure. Like, like just kind of like where we're at. So like the the last like, and you can add in where, because I haven't been following super close. I've been really just sure. uh, kind of getting beat up by work right now. But um, so the uh, a lot of things have kind of happened on the TradFi, uh, in TradFi and then the TradFi mesh point with Bitcoin and you know crypto, as much as I hate that word, um, in the last like two weeks, would you say? Something like that, two, three weeks? Yeah. And particularly just like the last few days. So um Coinbase, which is an exchange, uh, among other a few other things in the United States. I don't think they operate internationally. I think it's just U.S. Um, and then Binance, which is a, a global exchange, but they also operate in the U.S. or did. Um, they're two huge players um, in Bitcoin and the broader quote-unquote crypto space. Um, they, uh, they, well, and Coinbase went public a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. They have both been slapped with fines uh, by the SEC, um, or at least being bullied by the SEC for selling unregistered securities, which is something that everybody who you know with a brain kind of saw coming at some point, just a matter of when. Um, and at the same time, we just had BlackRock, the biggest asset manager in the world, um, file to, uh, to file for a Bitcoin trust, which is uh, kind of think of it kind of like a, an ETF, like gold has an ETF. Um, there's some technical differences, but it's beyond the scope of this podcast um, uh, within the U.S. And and it's supposed to be to mimic like basically a spot ETF. So they would uh, hold the underlying asset right. uh, in, in custody. And I think that they were using Coinbase. The plan was to use Coinbase for for the custody, wasn't it? Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, which is crazy. Coinbase has At- always been like the the guinea pig, the most regulated. Right. Like they bought a company in 2018 which would give them that broker dealer license. So I think right. that they're here to say, and I think a lot of this is like hand waving, but I don't really know, but go ahead. Um, and then the only last thing is, I don't know, and this is all rumor and it does kind of reek of that, that fake kind of rumor stuff. But um, I, I've just been seeing floating around that apparently Fidelity, which is the third biggest asset manager in the world uh, behind BlackRock and then Vanguard um, 
uh, also is is apparently going to be filing f- to to for a Bitcoin ETF. So I, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But you know, it certainly seems like there's some wheels turning on the TradFi side as it relates mm-hmm. to Bitcoin. So um, that's kind of like what uh, all, a lot of this stuff is kind of bang bang. It's been happening in the last you know really week, probably week or two weeks, and um, and so we're here to kind of hash out what, what's going on behind the scenes. What's what, what is the bigger, what are the bigger plays being made here? Yeah, I, I think ultimately it's a focus on Binance. I, I think it, it's speculation, of course, but I think that Binance may be some sort of like a CCP outfit to manage and create offshore wealth. And maybe that's like a, another arm of soft power that Bricks is kind of using. And I kind of see Gensler acting like a Davos man and going after Binance. Because if you think about it, he was buddy-buddy with SBF and the whole FTX thing. And people have speculated, is this kind of payback for FTX going down? Or is this just kind of like picking up where they left off business? Because if really you remember- Really important point. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if you were going to get into it, but I just wanted to point out, really important point here. Gary Gensler and his family is pretty closely related to SBF and his family, yeah. not related, but, but like kind of, you know, friends with, um, yeah. and, and, uh, CZ, the CEO of Binance or the owner of Binance was largely the guy that, that, that like actuated, you know, uh, F- the, the rug pull down of, the rug. Pull. Yeah. So bad blood there. And then I was going to say one other thing, um, just so people understand this like bizarre relationship. Ah, I can't remember what it was, but yeah. anyway, keep going. So I covered that FTX thing extensively and get, even getting into FTX was a way to create offshore dollars or Euro dollars. Um, if you want, I would highly recommend maybe you include that in the show notes as well as an article that I wrote about the current goings on. But I think FTX was really a, a, a it was weaponized as a tool to go after you know, BRICS-like nations, uh, Binance in this way. Because if you remember correctly, SBF was trying to get buddy-buddy with CZ. That's kind of like how it was initiated that Coinbase, I'm not, not whatever, uh, Binance kind of bought all the FTT token. And in Sam, Bankman Fraud, wanted to basically, in a way, use FTX's might to get Binance as regulated as Sam was. And I think that they kind of knew, as in like Davos, Skensler, FTX, they knew that they were willing to have this FTX thing collapse or money laundering thing collapse, but it was kind of the price that they would pay to try to go after this other offshore, like global capital competition creation thing. Because ultimately, it's it, this is just kind of like a, a microcosm of what's happening in the greater geopolitical battle, namely like, you know, the West versus Russia. And so okay, I think that was just let me sort let me of clarify what that. let me clarify what you're saying here. So cool. what you're saying here is that at they FTX was almost like a sacrificial lamb that they yeah. wanted that they knew that it was going to go down at some point, and when it went down, then they could use that as precedent to then bring in laws, more sweeping laws against their enemy, you know, uh, organizations. I think it was half and half because I okay. mean it was it was a sweet deal that they had like laundering money through Ukraine back to FTX yeah. back to the Democrats. But yep. if it was going to go down, they're like, okay, fuck it, like so be it, like the, right, 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 you know. And uh, of course, it, it just kind of like screams 
that might be more of the case because FBF, FBF, what the fuck his name is? Sam's been like pardoned by like five thing, allegations against him. But um, if you want, I'd like to do kind of like a high level overview of like the Coinbase yes. case and the, and the Binance thing. Absolutely. And so what Coinbase is basically being charged with, I'll just kind of paraphrase what I wrote. But uh, the SEC's main complaint with them is that it's mostly that they didn't properly register as a securities exchange and failure to do so would leave investors without the typical protections of the SEC, like inspections, record keeping requirements and safeguards for uh, conflicts of interest. Um, and so even though SEC claims that Coinbase is an unregistered entity, many have criticized the mixed signals and hypocrisy from regulators, especially given that, as you mentioned, their Coinbase's direct listing was approved by the SEC. <laughs> Yes, and then is, I, it can't be understated how insane that is. Right, right. And it gets crazier. Uh, so that's Coinbase. Binance was a little different. Uh, same, like they're unregist- unregistered as a you know securities exchange. But separate from Coinbase, Binance was specifically accused from mixing and commingling billions of customer funds with a separate trading firm owned and operated by CZ. I think it was called uh, Sigma Chain and also um, uh, Merit Peak Capital or whatever. Um, and so basically, it, it just they weren't supposed to be doing that. Whatever. I, I I think it's just whatever that they can throw at Binance and CZ because they just don't like them. And then some allege that CZ was doing this to be his own market maker for the international business, which is the majority of where the revenue comes from. And then in a related but separate filing, the SEC also requested that a temporary freeze on the assets of uh, Binance.us. You know, and uh, their connected entities, uh, blah, 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 whatever. They, they just, just don't like them. So anyway, let's get back to what is the main issue with any crypto exchange registering with the SEC. So the differences of those lawsuits between Coinbase and Binance aside, they're basically in a trap of they, no one can really register. And the reason for that is because basically the SEC is going after exchanges for violating Securities Exchange Act 1934 meaning that they're operating as security exchanges without being properly registered. And registration requires a few, three things. So one, the exchange, which matches the trades between buyers and sellers, the broker-dealer who trades on the customer's behalf, and then the clearinghouse that keeps electronic records, settles trades, and moves the set of securities and the money around. So there's three functions going on. In crypto all three functions are combined and SEC policies make it impossible for an exchange to currently separate them in order to register for compliance. And so registered security exchanges are the only ones authorized to trade securities and current regulation prevents cryptocurrencies other than Bitcoin, obviously, from being registered as securities. And even if tokens meet the definition, uh, they don't meet the general standards to be registered in the US. So virtually no crypto can be properly registered to be listed and traded legally. And even if they were registered, current uh, SEC rules make it impossible for exchanges to register and comply with the current regulations because one, only registered broker dealers can trade on exchanges, but current rules uh, prevent them from handling crypto assets. Uh, crypto asset trading platforms registered and uh, as security exchanges can't provide custody services. And then current SEC guidance prevents custody uh, by qualified custodians. 
And then the last thing the SEC hasn't provided a way for crypto exchanges to clearly comply with the rules. And so basically any crypto exchange is SOL. Now, this is changing with a current now bipartisan bill called, uh, I'm just going to call it the uh, McHen- McHenry Thompson Act. So the guy of the uh, Commodities Committee and um, something or other. Basically, you have these two committees and never in the history of the U.S. have two heads of committee come together to work on something like this. So the funny thing is, this all happened, this like draft of this bill happened on June 2nd before Gensler just went guns a blazing. And it was drafted, oh, here we go. It was drafted by, uh, from both the House and Senate, as, uh, and it was set completely to undermine, in a way, uh, Gary's agenda of just with these lawsuits before he started doing them. So those two committees was the House, fi- House Financial Services by uh, Chair Patrick McHenry, who's a Republican, and then the Agriculture Committee led by Glenn Thompson, who's also a Republican. And it's basically a comprehensive instruction manual that aims to clarify registration procedures for crypto exchanges. Uh, Namely, if a crypto is deemed as a security, then there is like this grace period for exchanges to keep operating as those certain cryptos go through a process to be changed from a security to a commodity. And so it just takes the current rules that exist now and adopts them to today's standards. And basically what Gary's doing is to uh, regulate in order to destroy the industry. And I think if you consider the BlackRock ETF, Larry Fink, all these WEF puppets, uh, Davos people, Gary being one of them, I think it's just a way to undermine American democracy as we understand it today and to just control crypto, namely Bitcoin, control the price and have them just have that leverage over it. Because I understand, I believe that Bitcoin is going to be the supreme collateral asset of the world. And it's just TradFi kind of coming in, mostly like a globalist run uh, TradFi as opposed to the major Wall Street banks that are the shareholders of the Fed. Those are the guys that are adults with each other as we talked about in the last episode. But basically, if you think about it, Gary saw this bipartisan bill coming down the lane and he's like well fuck uh well next week is the 89th anniversary of the sec so let's romanticize this a bit and just go guns a blazing and um just try to sue all this stuff and try to make things happen as much as we can before proper ingrained legislation is passed so undermine undermining the democratic process so that's kind of uh you know the thirty thousand foot view of what's going on Okay, so to to sum up um, some of these concepts, you have Gary Gensler, who is the head of the SEC, and they are in charge of. And I and just to give a little bit of background on this, I'm not an expert, but basically there there are two large regulatory bodies when it comes to trading like financial instruments in the United States. One's the SEC, and one is the CFTC. Um, so the SEC governs securities. Um, and you know, so in order for something to fall under the jurisdiction of the SEC, it has to, it has to meet the standards of being a security, which, um, you know, Bitcoiners would argue Bitcoin is not, um, uh, that it would fall actually under the, it would be a commodity or 
money or, or, or whatever, and it might fall under the regulation of the CFTC. Yeah. Um, but it, it is currently matter. deemed as a commodity. Yeah. So, um, but these other uh, cryptocurrencies, basically all other cryptocurrencies with a, you know, that have a, some sort of like kind of visible management team, um, uh, especially if they had, you know, there are certain things that are, that are, make it very easy to classify it as a security, um, like a, a management team, um, and ex, you know, um, a pre-mine, uh, things, things like that, uh, you know, those are going to, those look as though they should be falling under the jurisdiction of the SEC. So, um, uh, that's an interesting part of this as well, uh, because it could be the fact that Bitcoin kind of dodges a lot of this, uh, tumult just by it, it being the one that stands alone in the fact that it, it is not under, it should not be under, under the jurisdiction of the SEC. Um, so, so I guess the SEC is, has become <laughs> suddenly very active after a, you know, a decade and a half of, of more or less kind of looking the other way on a lot of this stuff domestically. Um, particularly, as we noted, allowing Coinbase to go public as they were clearly listing many, many um, unregistered securities. So the SEC allows them to go public, which is insane um, f- for them to do. Uh, it, um, and now they're saying, well, wait a second, you guys are selling unregistered securities. Um, so, you know, I guess the, the, the long and short of this is something is afoot. And we're trying to figure out exactly what that is. Um, I think that that, in addition to the BlackRock filing, just makes me think that I don't know exactly what is happening, but clearly BlackRock knows something, right? I mean, would you like they they're not going to file for an ETF uh, or a trust or whatever if they don't think they can get it. Uh, and and their their history shows that i mean it's been all over the the bitcoin twitter twitter but like they have some absurd batting average on getting etfs approved like some they're like i think they they got one rejected out of like almost 600 applications so wow. um they you know they're not going to just file this paperwork to fight you know for the for the for the fun of it they, they're looking to get this thing listed um i think the sec has uh um uh t- 240 days i think to to make a decision um and then and and then not only that but if the fidelity if the fidelity rumors are true then clearly the word has gotten out somewhere that's that that perhaps there is a a green light um for at least bitcoin to be registered uh or 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 to be traded as an etf or a trust which you know it just it's it's crazy to to see blackrock in this and um and you just wonder what it all what it all means. Yeah, BlackRock apparently bought a lot of Bitcoin recently, and then a couple of weeks before all this, the Soros Foundation, whatever the hell it's called, Soros Trading, announced that they bought a ton of Bitcoin as well. I think that the ETF, just like the futures ETF that they launched, is going to be a way for them to try to manipulate the price. Which what we want is Bitcoin to have like a natural, healthy. Uh, price discovery. And I think in this bear market that we've seen, that's been a prime example of that. It's been able to withstand all these exchanges going down and it's kind of like traveling on the same trajectory as gold is. But ultimately what Davos wants to do is to make things and markets and 
commodities, like these staples, uninvestable to really control and manipulate markets in the world and a sound society. And so is is BlackRock Davos? Yes, 100 percent. OK, OK. No, yeah, they are. I mean, Larry Fink is, you know, like up there getting the pat on the back from Klaus Schwab and all them. They are a corporatist. But, but, but Fidelity is not, right? Right. Fidelity is not. I, I don't think yeah, Fidelity is a, that big of a player in this, to be honest. Like, well, well, certainly they're not as big as BlackRock, but they're about half the size of BlackRock. And so so when, when you say they're not as big of a player, that is empirically true. Um, and then there's also the the idea of like how big is BlackRock going to get into this and how big is Fidelity going to get into this? So there's that as well. But it's not okay. like Fidelity is a small player. You know, they're, they're, I mean, they're not a small player, but like the the thing is you Davos's idea is to destroy the notion of the nation state and replace it with a corporatocracy like corporations replacing yeah. the power that nation states have. And this is, I think, with BlackRock getting involved and how Gary Gensler is trying to do a, a run around the Senate and the House before a bill can get passed to prevent him from doing what he's doing is just yeah. manifesting exactly what Davos' goal is. And just to okay. get into that a little bit more, there's this piece from David Morris from Coinbase. Uh, I want to do a quote from him. So basically, this or what Gary's doing could rise to the, to the level of violating a 1946 law called the Administrative Procedure Act. So the APA was crafted over more than a decade, I don't know why you put that, was crafted in an attempt to reconcile the growing administrative state with democratic principles. President Franklin Roosevelt, of all people, ironically, at the time uh, knew that uh, the growth of bureaucratic U.S. agencies, quote, threatens to develop a fourth branch of government for which there is no sanction in the Constitution. Broadly, the goal of the APA is to ensure that agencies like the SEC remain subordinate to democratic lawmaking process. And so I think that Gary undermining this and the support from BlackRock and Davos is a way to do that. Yeah, it certainly seems like that that could be the case and probably is the case. Here, Here is a, my question uh, to you and to just, just to put it out there is – so – is Fidelity just incidentally involved? Like, for for example, Black, yeah. BlackRock. Go ahead. I mean, I would say like I haven't really come across Fidelity in in this. Uh, I think well, it was right. kind of more. Still a rumor. It's still a rumor. To be clear, it's well, not I'm not surprised because they were like yeah. they were the first to get into mining as a large entity like them in like 2014. Yeah. But oh yeah, they've more, been involved in Bitcoin for a while. Yeah, but like what's more alarming is like like a Monopoly Grayscale applied for the same ETF thing. And so what you are also seeing is just like blatant favoritism uh, being picked out from the SEC uh, with favoritism to BlackRock. And so. Sure. Oh, uh, 100%. My question, I guess, is can, can they get away with that favoritism, for instance, like approving BlackRock's ETF, but not approving, you know, uh, Fidelity's ETF, like something that blatant? I mean, that's like, I don't, I'm, I'm wondering if they would be able to get away with that. Yeah, I mean, you would think that there's already some proper legislation about that. And again, you would think, and, and, but well, it, there might be from what I read, like the Administrative yeah. Procedures Act, like that would be yeah, a yeah. violation and, of that. And, and and yeah, and a lot of this, not just on this topic, but broadly speaking, in the financial world in general, and particularly as it applies to crypt, like Bitcoin and crypto, but then also just in the United States government, a lot of this is like 
there's a million laws, but they only choose to enforce 10% of them. So like, yeah, yeah that's right. You know, yeah. So, cause I mean, that's basically what, what's going on with Coinbase or has been going mm. on with Coinbase for 10 years is, is that like, they've been <laughs> an unregistered securities exchange for, you know, almost a decade. And, uh, yeah. and, and they just have chosen not to, you know, enforce any, any uh, you know, any action against them. So, um, yeah, I don't, yeah. so, uh, in the event that BlackRock goes through with this gets is able to um you know uh offer a bitcoin a spot like basically a spot bitcoin trust and and the rumors are true that fidelity is getting involved and obviously if black if, if blackrock and fidelity both get involved other people will be right behind mm-hmm. um so my question is if, if like blackrock has a a uh, share or voting stake in fidelity hmm yeah that's, uh, that's a good question. I have no idea. I just don't know. And uh, I mean, I think MicroStrategy was in the news as well. So, what were, what I mean, I'm just like, I'm just bringing up random points. But yeah. um, one, one thing, what? I don't know if you checked out that last uh, podcast I sent you, but there's a company called Prometheum, which apparently has been around it for six years, but kind of came out of nowhere. And they basically are coming out as the darlings that are being approved to be a crypto exchange from the sec and everybody of course is up in arms like well what the hell is this well that whole thing is that might be the most bizarre news of the last two weeks like if that i and all i did was listen to that podcast and i'd actually seen somebody mention somebody tagged me on twitter uh on something about it like two days ago or three days ago yeah Uh, but yeah this basically it's just been this like shadow company that all of a sudden is getting all this airtime in front of congress and and the sec and like which tells me like Gary at the SEC is kind of running out of op- options. And so he just keeps pulling shit out of his hat to see yeah. what can pass for whatever so, he's trying to do. So what, if Congress gets this bill passed, what, first of all, what are the odds do you think that Congress gets this bill passed? Um, I, I don't know, but from what I learned, it was bipartisan in the fact that, uh, um, Cynthia Lummis and Kristen Gillibrand made a bipartisan similar, uh, bill last year but they decided to kind of take the back seat on it because they were more impressed with what the mchenry thompson thing had to offer and then in the i think as early as last week there was an update on that bill because the the democrats just wanted like more leeway because it um you know it was written by republicans and they said I think it had to do with the transition from a crypto being a a security to a commodity and having like the Fed get involved in something about like regulating stable coins or some shit. But um, they got what they wanted. But the the irony is that it's a bunch of like Democrat doves and they wanted the Fed involved. And currently Jerome Powell is a hawkish and registered Republican. And with what his monetary policy is doing, he's basically like leaving down a legacy to where we're probably not going to cut rates below 2%. So I just think it's kind of funny how Democrats are thinking they're going to get a win because they think that the Fed's going to like back off and be dovish. But I think that there's, I don't know, greater than 50% chance that this does get passed if it's bipartisan and has support. And, and again, never in the history of the United States has two um, government committees uh, heads of committee come together to work on a, on a bill like this. 
So, I mean, I can only hope and have a bunch of copium, but I think it's yeah. So, more do you, I don't know anything about the build. Do you? Can you tell me what you know? Um, it goes into. I can send you a link. You can include it into the uh, show notes. Sure. But let me find it here. Like what is like what is the overall like the broadly speaking what is the intent of the bill? The intent is basically to allow exchanges to keep operating, and oh, okay. yeah, it's to have them properly register, but to oh, get registered okay. for what they do and. Okay. All the so-called securities that they have listed, there is a comprehensive step-by-step process for those securities to turn into commodities. There's steps like um, the 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 community has to no longer like market for a certain amount of months, or they have to be sufficiently decentralized in who's like programming on that pro I, there's a bunch of stuff like that but okay I'll okay so th- so to- broadly speaking broadly speaking this is a do your job bill it's it's saying yeah. sec you need to do your freaking job because you're no, no. not doing it for you know to a decade here so the specifics are about let me see here the blah, 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 blah. i want to try to find something here uh, it's a collaborative draft bill uh, some truly excellent provisions, including a safe harbor for non-security cryptos under $75 million market caps and for limited sales to non-accredited investors. It also aims to clarify registration procedures for crypto exchanges and even includes a plan for a progressive decentralized uh, for a progressive decentralization that would allow assets to transition from security to commodity status over time. But that's oh, just like a high level of what... It, but it, it, it sounds legit because you have... The guy of the agriculture committee, um, who basically they're the people that work on like commodity law, because you know agricultural like commodity exchanging it goes hand in hand. Yeah. Yep. And then um, so that's uh, Glenn Thompson, and then Patrick McHenry is the House Financial Services Chair. So um, I'll DM you on Twitter that uh, link that you can include. But it seems legit. It's getting bipartisan support. And I mean, who knows if it will pass. If they can try to fucking throw Trump in jail, then like God knows what they'll be able to get away with. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, for at least from my end, I'm not usually terribly interested in, in TradFi or what the latest politician is doing or what bills are passing or, or whatever. Um, I think, you know, in the long term, I, I'm sure we probably both agree it is largely irrelevant. Um, but in the short and medium term, it can make some pretty big differences, uh, particularly to anybody living under that jurisdiction. Um, uh, and it will also determine exactly, you know, how volatile things get, you know, before ultimately playing out in the way that we hope it does ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, there, uh, this has been, I, this has been one of those weeks or two week periods where even I, a typically pretty disinterested person in this sort of thing um, have been, my ears have been perking up and going, something is clearly happening. Like something is going on behind the scenes. Well, not just behind the scenes, obviously we can see a lot of it, but I think that there's a lot that we also cannot see. And I'm very, very interested to, to uh, watch the next even month play out because that, you know, the, the big, big players are making big moves and that's always pretty interesting. Yeah, it's people in our space, whether you're libertarian, dissident, right, whatever the hell, uh, you start to 
at first you don't give a shit about politics until it starts to affect you and then you start to give a shit about politics yeah yeah so yeah it's a it's a, a fascinating time is there any other i mean i I feel like we probably should just run another episode in a few weeks or, or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever some more stuff breaks, because this is still, it, it feels as though we're on the, on, on the, the top of the roller coaster about to get to peek over to look at the, the you know, uh, what the next uh, round of action brings. Um, do we have any more important topics that we need to touch on right now? Or do you want to, do you want to wrap it and then come back to it? Or what do you, what do you want to do? Uh, I'm trying to think and skimming what I wrote, but I'm, pretty much we've covered everything we can so far there's going to be another court hearing with promethium i think later this week so really? yeah if you yeah I, I think so but oh my god but but if you want to you know pick this up rendezvous it in a few weeks I, i'd be more than happy to because okay yep yeah let's do that I, I mean i think we'll just i think we'll just have more information at that point and maybe these these fidelity rumors will turn into either um fact or or fiction um and we'll see if any other players are looking to join the race. I also saw that Fidelity may be in line to or trying to purchase the the Grayscale uh, Bitcoin fund, which would be no shit. Yeah, yeah, I saw. That. I mean, again, this is all rumor, right? Like, I have no idea what's real, and sometimes this stuff ends up being baloney, and sometimes it doesn't. So um, we'll see. We'll see what that was. So I assume if they were going to buy the Grayscale e- ETF, then they would be trying to buy it in hopes to then convert it to a spot. Um, but well, I mean, yeah, who knows if Fidelity is doing that? Why hasn't BlackRock already done that though? Yeah, that's another good question. Maybe they just don't want to deal with it. I, I don't know. Um, a, and maybe BlackRock didn't anticipate Fidelity to be following so closely behind. I would bet that if Fidelity was looking to buy the grayscale and then convert it to spot, that probably saves them a lot of time because so much of the infrastructure and the customer base is already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, what do I know? I, it's not my area of expertise, but. So uh, I, yeah, I think let's... I think just one last thing to keep in mind about BlackRock. They're not really a profitable company. They just have a lot of exposure or to assets that they manage. That could all change if people pull out of BlackRock. BlackRock, in a sense, is a paper tiger. And I think maybe one way to get involved in crypto, Bitcoin, whatever you want to call it, is to actually make some more profit and not be as much of a paper tiger. And so I always like to remind people that Davos is losing in a sense. They are panicking. They're not as powerful as you think, especially now that all the money that was free for them to leverage, it's not free anymore. It's starting at five and a half percent or that's at least the Fed's benchmark. So I think that also might be like a motive for them to have this ETF, make some profits and also buy a bunch of Bitcoin, take advantage of the bull run and maybe sell some of that Bitcoin. I don't know. Cause maybe they won't sell as much as something. Cause I, I do believe that, you know, these globalist elites, whatever the fuck you want to call them, uh, the writing's on the wall that Bitcoin is going to do what it's going to do. And they understand that they should regulate as much as they can. Cause as Christine Lagarde said, it's a global capital escape hatch. And so this is just them trying to get their hands on it and control of it as much as possible. But uh, I think they'll be sorely, sorely disappointed. The, yeah, I mean, it's, if I'm them, I'm looking to try to win both ways. And this is a a way to hedge your bet against, you know, the traditional legacy systems and, and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yes, sir. Okay. 
Well, uh, thanks a bunch for coming on, man. Um, let's uh, let's plan on keeping an eye on this, and if stuff breaks, maybe we'll hop back on and do another little episode and uh, and keep everyone up to date on what's going on with this stuff. If anybody's actually interested, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, so. I uh, j- just want to say thanks again for uh, having me on. If anyone's interested in following my work, the Substack is QPOL, QPOL, uh, stands for Quiet Parts Out Loud. You can go through the archives. Um, Carl, I'll send you links to the uh, articles I mentioned. And um, you can also follow me on Twitter, my shit posting at Mr. Sue, M-R-P-S-E-U, just or search Phil Gibson, whatever. Very good, man. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, uh, we'll see everybody next time and uh, hopefully we'll be back with some updates. Thanks, Phil. Peace.